0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Alexandra is because she was part of our February 29th, 2020 live show at the Wonderland Ballroom. It was a 12-hour live show because 2020 was our 12th year. Unfortunately, that show was our last show of 2020 because the pandemic uh, was almost here. Um, Alexandra had come from CPAC to You, Me, Them, Everybody live, and that was the last time I saw her. She is a wonderful writer. Uh, you might have read her books. You might read her work in the Washington Post. You might have heard her on this show. Something else that you might have heard on this show is uh, me letting you know that we now have a Patreon account because things have changed a lot. Please consider donating at you, me, them, It's in this podcast description and it's on our about page. Here's Alexandra. We've actually spoken since February 29th, 2020, so we don't need to do a complete catch up. But if memory serves correct... You had come directly from CPAC to the 12-hour marathon show. Is that correct?
1: I think that might be correct.
0: Yeah. I just checked the dates. It was the final day of CPAC on February 29, 2020. (sighs) And you you were like the second or third person. You were the fifth guest of the day, but you were the second or third person to bring up coronavirus because it was revealed that people had coronavirus at CPAC.
1: Yeah. No, but I think... Because shortly after that, then they must have told me to sort of shut myself into the house because I I know I wasn't allowed to go back to the office after going to CPAC. So now I'm like, oh, my God, I was wandering around as a vector of contagion. Except I don't think I was a vector of contagion, but it was early days.
0: Yeah, you were not a vector of contagion, but you were definitely around people that were spreading that thing around. Yeah,
1: no, it's. It's wild to think that, like, the last normal event I attended was CPAC. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, except for except for the marathon show, but like, also that is sort of an incorrect sentence because it calls CPAC a normal event,
0: which that's is fair. That's not fair. Not an
1: accurate description.
0: Yeah. Um, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm holding up, as everyone says in these times. I'm like very excited to get vaccinated soon. Yeah. Although that's not like imminently looming on the horizon, but like the fact that it's just sort of like, t- it's close enough that like I have friends who it's happened to. I'm like very excited by. Yeah,
0: You're let's talk about the commercial success of your book. You, uh, <laughs> when we spoke over the summer, I think the book had like just come out or it was out for a month. And do you think your book did, I don't know how that did in terms of numbers. I don't even know if you know, but it seemed like too appropriate for the release <laughs> that, let's go over the cover of your most recent book. It came out in 2020. It's a collection of your columns with some other writings or no, just your columns.
1: Yeah. It's like a, a little tiny bit of other writings, but it's mostly a collection.
0: Okay. And um, they're themed and not all of them are about the, the, about the Donald, but because I think my favorite piece in there has literally nothing to do with politics and all about having to do with being a parent and how you're no matter what a failure. But the, I'd say the majority of the book is framed around the last four years. And yeah. it might have been the perfect book to read during quarantine or the worst book to read. And I can't tell. So <laughs> are you, in a weird way, I know you're not happy that half a billion people in the U.S. have died, but, or half sorry, half a million. Um, no, you,
1: you, were, you were at the first time.
0: <laughs> is it a half a billion?
1: No, wait, no, you were at the second time. Oh, it is okay. early. <laughs> yeah, half a million, yeah.
0: Do you feel like your book was not prescient, but it came out at the right time?
1: I think it, sort of June 2020 was not the right time for anything, essentially. Uh, it was just like, oh, this is a really crummy time for America and people. And, but I, I do think, like, I'm glad it isn't coming out except in paperback. in a time when we're sort of like have just stepped out of that fiery furnace and are now like let's go do something different so I think on the one hand it it was definitely like a weird time to be doing anything sort of even vaguely self-promotional but on the other hand like what would have been a better time especially especially given what it was so I don't know I, I also it was fun because Like, it it was sort of in the early days of like, how do you do a Zoom book tour? Like, Mm -hmm. what's all this like? So now it's just like, oh, yeah, a Zoom event. Classic. Everyone (laughs) does them. But then it was like, this is very novel. So uh, it it was just like, today I'm in San Francisco, but I'm not actually. I'm still in my bathroom. Well, not in my bathroom because I wouldn't be uh, polite. For,
0: Actually, for, I disagree completely. Based on lighting and acoustics, some bathrooms are the preferred zoom settings. That's
1: interesting because I feel like there's too much tile for it to really pick up. You also, one of the great things about uh, g- great things about being stuck in your house is you really get a good sense of like, what are the acoustics of my home? So now I know that if I want to record any vocal things, I have to, I should ideally go and sit in the closet Mm -hmm. that is full of dirty laundry, because those are sound absorbing, Mm -hmm. which I would never have known. So that's something I could be grateful for.
0: So you mentioned uh, bathrooms and tile, and that's presumptuous of you because, it's clear that you're not on Redfin trying to do what me and a lot of other people are doing and uh, living through uh, real estate listings and occasionally seeing bathrooms with carpet in them. So, have you Ooh. done any of that over the last 12 months?
1: Well, so I think I sort of got it out of my system before, in terms of like, we did a lot of house hunting when we were house hunting. Mm-hmm. It was like our passion and our joy and it wasn't really either of those things But we did so much of it that we had to like, i i'm very glad not to be house hunting currently and to have house hunted in the past but i do do enjoy periodically like when a listing will come across like you know twitter or something where someone was like i found the the murder basement house like i'm always intrigued by houses that have like one strange feature like you know like here's like a, a a lock shed or like just I feel like those keep coming down and I'm like, I'm not interested in buying it, but I am. I I want to know the story.
0: Are you grateful that you didn't have to do a book tour with people showing up that would only really want to talk about Trump?
1: I think. I I mean, I I would have liked to do a book tour under any circumstances, but I think that would have. My, my hope was that it wouldn't get old fast because like those were, because I think, also, at the time when I was writing it and getting it together, it was like, well, is this the first half of a an eight year or indefinite numbers of years? Oh yeah uh, time period. But it turned out it was the end of it. And I would much prefer as like a human being to have been at the end of it, even if it means that people are not like, oh, here's here's the book that I'm most excited to pick up now is a reminder of what we just sure. went through. But it has other stuff, as, <laughs> as, as you mentioned. <laughs> but yeah, no. Well, let's get uh, to
0: the day-to-day job then. How has the last month been?
1: Lovely. Good. It's been so exciting. It's just like all, all the other sort of news flowers that I vaguely remembered, but had sort of like, you know, like foods that you like forget exist. And yeah. then like three years later, you're like, oh, I've had a Madeleine and so- suddenly it's all coming back. My childhood and, you know, camp, the the place where Proust grew up. I've bitten into it. And I don't remember all of it. Suddenly all the news stories that I'd forgotten that about that were like that, where it's like, there was like a tan suit scandal vibes thing when mm-hmm. Biden ordered like, the he ordered his bagel toasted and he wasn't supposed to have done that. And I'm like, Oh, I remember these. Yeah, and then like the GameStop stock thing. I cannot say that phrase. I, I, I keep. I, I guess I did successfully, and I should have just gone on instead <laughs> of calling attention to it. But the the GameStop stock thing, it was like this is a news story that would have just gotten sucked into the enormous news vacuum that that was the day to day roiling chaos of the Trump administration, and just. It's been nice to see all the flowers like that start blooming again, so I've been thrilled by it.
0: Do you do you think you're a hopeful person? I do. So ho-
1: ho- hopefully rationally. Yes, hopeful. yes. So do but, you
0: feel like the you're full of hope right now because you you you're one of the few people that I've spoken with that instantly brought up the vaccine, right? And that's always on my mind in a, in a very positive way. And it seems that with each passing day, there's better and better news when it comes to the vaccine. And that gives me so much more hope. And I think that I'm in the minority here because I think that, uh, the majority of people are still in it. I'm in it. You're in it. And it's sad to still be in it a year later, but that hope is getting me through, especially on days like, especially this week where it's still very, very cold and it's the first week of March. So I guess the question is, do you think you're going to run out of hope before you get your vaccine? <laughs>
1: Well, I think if I were going to, I mean, it's it's not that I haven't run out of hope in the course of the past like twelve months because yeah, having decided to go to CPEC, I've been doing this for just like a massive period of time, and it feels very long and it has been very long, um, but I also, yeah, and you really notice the seasons. I feel like I've I've tried very hard to like do things that have what's the character characteristics is that periodicity, but like when things move forward in time, as you like impose a sense of like, oh, things are happening and changing. So I've gotten like really into like watching sumo, because like, you'll have like a 15 day tournament, and that will take place over a period of time. And on each day, something different will happen, and the story will progress. And it was just like, oh, you can, my life looks exactly the same every day. I, but things, time is moving forward, like having to work hard to convince yourself that time moving forward I think a part of that was like, this is, you know, I want to do that because it will, I'm trying to find things to look forward to. Like a few months ago, I ordered a tote bag and it arrived today. It was very exciting to watch it go through the mail. It went on a fascinating journey and like getting really excited about very low stakes and ridiculous, but somehow involving an element of time moving forward in this stuff has been getting me through this like i tried the whole like let's read war and peace thing and it was like okay uh (laughs) that's i I, now i can listen to natasha and pierre and the great comet so it was worth it but i i don't recommend it It as like this will really give me hope in the morning getting the tolstoy out and staring into the abyss of it but Mm -hmm. i guess that's a long-winded way of saying i guess i sort of have to work at it but i don't i think it's worth its work that's worth doing in terms of. Optimism production. I think that's
0: a wonderful, wonderful way to remind yourself. Like you have to work at Hope. Yeah. I, I've never heard that before. I'm going to write that down and like put it on a post-it note so I don't forget. Um, I'm not oh, joking. Oh, yeah, put it on some driftwood. It would look awesome on some driftwood. Oh, fuck you. So, <laughs>
1: no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just trying to undercut it.
0: I uh, I have been writing about wrestling and broadcasting about wrestling for At this point, six years. And you are the first guest to have ever mentioned that you watch sumo wrestling, but not professional wrestling.
1: Uh, Well, I've watched, I think, a little bit of professional wrestling because once I gave somebody what I thought was a gag gift, and it turned out that he was really into it. And so then, like, I went to what I thought was like, we were going to be amused by it. And he was like, no, I'm like, I've been following this for decades yeah. and i know all the backstories and like who the faces are and who the heels are and like it was this whole world of lore and i'm like oh i guess i can't laugh at any point during this because you were invested so it was really nifty actually
0: the thing uh, about wrestling is the the main reason why people my age at this point watch is because it's so fun and you're supposed to be able to laugh at all of it
1: I think it's interesting because you're somebody who likes drag race and also likes wrestling. And to me, I feel like they're two very analogous.
0: Oh, they're the fucking same thing. RuPaul is Vince McMahon. And it's just a bunch of people that understand like, oh, we're presenting as women. We could either be male or female. It does not matter. But we are presenting as exaggerated forms of femininity. And here are some challenges. And the winner is completely arbitrary based on this one person. Yeah, it's wrestling. It's the best.
1: No, I... I feel like I love like things that recognize their own artifice and are having fun with it.
0: Yeah. And that's the beauty of it because you could, t- that's, I don't really need to go in a 10 minute diatribe about wrestling here. What I really no, want do to do it. No, no, we're good. I want people to still listen. Um, what I want to know about you is no. what I want to know about you. Jesus. What a horrible way to start a sentence. Do you still like <laughs> star Wars? I do. Okay. You're the biggest star Wars person in my life. That's not a child.
1: <laughs> well it's arguable <laughs> okay
0: but you were we talked I think we talked about this on February ninth, 2020 you were not in love with the final entry into or I guess it's chapter 9 of the Star Wars saga but yeah,
1: I, I was very very much not I think you know.
0: we've had we've definitely had two seasons of Mandalorian I don't know if it's been since then or yeah, yeah I okay.
1: think contiguous with that
0: so did, does that get you back on board?
1: I guess I loved Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah, it's like all the things of like, oh, we'll explore the universe, and we'll it's like the little corners of the story that I wanted to see more of. It just it feels very Star Warsy for what my brain has decided the value of Star Warsy is in terms of just like here's like a random establishing shot of a man drinking in a galactic bar, and by man I mean like a tentacle creature, and just. Like all the little sort of whimsical detail elements, I feel like it establishes stakes and makes characters you care about, and like the world feels real. And those are the things that I wanted. I didn't want like eight more hours of Skywalker adjacent drama with like zombie Emperor Palpatine. I can't believe that's actually the plot of a Star Wars movie that happened in real life. It's, it's bizarre.
0: Okay, so there is blatant crossover right now with Star Wars and WWE because um, Costco Reeves. Do you know who that is? I Don't uh, she's in Mandalorian season two. She's played by Sasha Banks, who is the current WWE SmackDown Women's Champion.
1: Oh, awesome!
0: So, there's your reason to watch WrestleMania because it's technically related to the Star Wars, yeah. Universe. It'll
1: be my portal. In um,
0: a- have you found that you miss The Office? Oh, uh,
1: the British Office or the American? No, come uh, on, come on. I'm sorry, no, I, I, so it. I, I do find that I miss it, but I was somebody who often worked from home before by like choice. Okay. And now that I, it's not by choice, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be in that place where you have the sort of humming fluorescent lights overhead, and you have the bathroom where other people have to know if you're in there, and you, <laughs> just, all the the those paper towels and an office dispenser just i'm really romanticizing all the aspects of the office that i was just like i could take or leave this or like how you have to get in like an id card yeah Uh, you have a slightly uncomfortable desk chair but like it's, it's not that uncomfortable it's fine um and an open plan. Oh, I love love the open plan. Actually, no. I, I it turns out I've retained all of my criticisms of the office. I'm discovering, but I do miss the people. I yeah. miss getting to interact with everyone in the office. I would always like say somewhat jokingly that I never went in because whenever I went, I would just like want to talk to people all the time and get no work done. And I really miss the people.
0: Well, I don't necessarily miss the office setting. I definitely miss the show and doing it in front of people. And and the main reason I miss it is the interaction with, like, acquaintance-level folks. but I miss that. That led to so many things I would either write about or assign someone. So I'm wondering for you, who has a deadline, and in theory, um, the ability to write about whatever you want, are you able to – how are your ideas coming along? I think
1: most of my ideas, to begin with, would sort of be seized from the maw of the Internet. And so I think – that hasn't changed too much. but the sort of like the serendipity is something that I do worry about because I feel like so much of like if, if you just, just see basically the same thing every day, you're, there's gonna be stuff that you miss and there's gonna be ideas that just won't occur to you because like if you take like a weird walk and like you'll see like a bird that you wouldn't have seen and like that'll spark something. It's like if you don't have the opportunity to spark stuff, you know eventually, So I keep trying to be like, I got to read stuff. I got to see stuff. I got to not just encounter the same exact scenery every, every day so that things will hopefully continue to sound somewhat fresh.
0: Where is your scenery right now? What neighborhood are you in? I'm in Georgetown. Okay. Are you? It's
1: it's gorgeous scenery. Yeah. Um, And there is a walkable, you can get to baked and wired and get like a, a tremendous cupcake. Um, are you which, like the, the good cupcake of georgia <laughs> which i feel like oh no i have like an opinion about which cupcake georgia is better yeah
0: but, you've checked a lot uh, of boxes in that last paragraph
1: i really have <laughs> it's, it's it's been a good run but no they're, they're so you can like get a take out food and support your local business so
0: it's I, it's odd that i'm now thinking about your route to work and that's weird because like you could walk there or you can take the, the circulator there or you can it's down the street um i don't even know why i mentioned i haven't been to georgetown in over a year i just realized that right now because there's no reason for me to go there
1: you No, know, it's funny like it's interesting thinking of like what neighborhoods you wind up getting to see routinely like i had a friend who texted me the other day was like i i went to foggy bottom and it was like i haven't been here in months this is a whole new yeah. experience and i'm like <laughs> 'Cause yeah, just places like I used to go a lot, especially like when like theater stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, like because all of the doors are shut and barred, you don't get to spontaneously have reasons to be in fun places.
0: Yeah, is Georgetown a fun place? It seems like um from just what I've heard, people are still like going out in Georgetown, specifically the dining aspect of it and the outdoor dining aspect of it. And that's not necessarily how it is where I'm at.
1: I think there there definitely are people doing that. Uh, I'm like some restaurants have sort of spilled onto the street, and they have like like Martin's Tavern like goes around the corner now. There's mm-hmm. they they're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't know. I haven't really. I ha- have not been doing it myself, but I do think people are trying to to do it. Yeah, for sure. Just to, because they they want to keep the hip businesses going insofar as it's possible to do that and insofar as that descriptor is accurate
0: both being hip and yeah uh what do you miss the most
1: people i miss like i'm not a big hugger but i I want to just like hug all my friends and and just lick things (laughs) all right I i mean i'm not actually gonna lick things um but that, I mean, that's all. This sort of the, the joke is like immediately we're gonna lick all the doorknobs and hug people. But yeah, I miss being in the same room with my friends and yeah. family.
0: <laughs> How is your family?
1: They, they they're they're good. Uh, they've been holding up, uh, and they've not been like running out and doing dangerous things, as far as I can tell. Have they so, been vaccinated? Uh, my mom has. Yeah,
0: that's both of them. Both shots. Uh, Yes. Does she feel better, or does she feel... Yeah, how does she feel?
1: I I think fine.
0: (laughs) But there's no, like, weird guilt about her being vaccinated and someone else not being vaccinated.
1: I mean, I think her being vaccinated is, like, helpful in terms of... Now, if she goes places and does things, she won't convey danger to people. No, for sure,
0: for sure, for sure. I understand that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think... I'm. I'm just relieved that she has it because now she can like you know see my grandmother for instance, Yeah. Uh, and that's awesome for her.
0: Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about the next four years? Are do you feel like we're in a weird honeymoon period right now, or are you fearful of an of a, a regression into another Trump presidency? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I, I don't. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, I. I feel like there are many things that could happen, and. It's interesting because everyone was looking at CPAC being like, Well, on the one hand, he's still very much present and on the other hand, he only got fifty-five percent of the straw poll. And so some people are like, This is terrible news, only fifty-five percent. The tide is broken. And other people are like, Well, he still got fifty-five percent after all of that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's clearly no floors or ceiling or whatever part of the room we've decided is representative here.
0: Speaking um, of no floors or ceilings. Is there a potential? Is there a possibility? I think there's a non-zero chance that we have a Trump-Pence 2024 ticket and one of the major memes of the campaign will be James Franco being hung in the Coen Brothers uh, Western film where the meme being like, oh, it's your first time with the with the gallows uh, for Mike Pence. Huh.
1: I've got to say, you lost me a Trump-Pence ticket. I, I didn't, yeah but now, then but then they came around to the meme and i understood that it was building up to something mm-hmm. I, I feel embarrassed that i haven't seen the Cohen brothers movie to which this is referring and so i'm like i assume it's a great fit
0: i'm going to ping this over to you right now and that's how we're going to close it because
1: oh i have seen this meme yeah. yes i get it it's ah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yes
0: i just think that they tried to hang a guy and then the party's like yeah but whatever yeah, and that's kind of cool. Like, that's a level of comedy that you can't, you can't, like, you can't. What do you do with that?
1: Well, I, I don't know that it's a level of comedy. I think it's
0: it's a level <laughs> of absurdity. It's me. absurd. Yeah, it's
1: like yeah, it's well, but it, it's absurd. But it's really happening, which is sort of the you were sort of continuing to live in the Dali's melting clock dream landscape of which, like, you have to navigate in in the landscape. So I don't know. I'm like. You know, if, if I if I knew that, like, you know, it's we, we, 40 years from now, we'll all be looking back and laughing. I'm excited to do that. But it's also like, oh, no, if this was the first step down in a bad slope, I don't want to, like, I, you know the, what I mean?
0: The, the uh, first step?
1: Yeah, the, the fir- this was the first step <laughs> <laughs> after all the other steps, uh, but... Yeah, this was, yeah, I mean, I guess you don't know how any story is going to end. And it's also like, you know, history is so like, oh, this happened and then this happened. And then of course things happen because of other things and other things don't happen. And it all seems so simple. Wow, I've just described the whole profession of history in just a phenomenal way. Um, But, you know, without the, comfort of knowing what what's going to happen it's sort of hard to know like is this funny or should we all just be you know it's literally
0: gallows humor
1: Ha! that is true it literally
0: is so I think that visuals matter and it's hard to explain income inequality in terms of visuals but it's really easy to to show a cop choking out a man and then it inspires an entire uh, group of people to protest for their rights across the country, if not the world, I think that's super obvious. And there's a direct line from without that footage, you don't the murder of, without the footage of the murder of George Floyd, you don't get what happened over the summer. And I don't know what lasting image we're going to have from January 6th, but me personally, the image I will always share is, Hey, they brought a noose to hang the vice president. Yeah. And, um, and that just reminds me of James Franco, whose record is uh, clean and flawless.
1: Yeah, this is sparkling, sparkling, man.
0: You, Me, Them, Everybody is made by me, Brandon Weatherby. Our theme music is by Daniel Knox. Our art is by Jillian Ron. You can hear all 13 years of shows at you, me, them, everybody.com. If you're listening to this in Spotify or on iTunes, the last year of episodes are available uh, with some sprinklings of the other ones. If you want the rest of the catalog, which features over 700 episodes, you, meet them, everybody.com. Our Patreon page is on our About page. It's all there. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. At sign YMTE. Thanks for listening. I'll hug the places that you've been sleeping friends and family. I'll be keeping. Won't